Welcome to the WattPod, a journey into the world of the most exciting clean tech startups, powering the energy transition and our carbon-free future. We will learn about the journeys of these companies and their founders, their backgrounds, the hurdles they face, those they have overcome, as well as the breakthrough innovations they are delivering. We will also explore what investors and innovators are looking for as we head towards a cleaner, more distributed, more flexible energy system. What innovations and investments are required to ensure access to cheap, reliable, and responsible energy? Our guests bring a range of expertise and insights that will help us understand what developments are taking place. I look forward to our discussions with them and this journey with you. This episode is brought to you by Catalyst.Earth, accelerating net zero and beyond through blockchain technology. Sign up for your NFT at www.katalyst.earth. Funds raised go towards environmental and carbon removal projects. Welcome to the WattPod. Normally, I would introduce our guests with a bit of background about themselves, but our next guest joins us today under a pseudonym. Oxymoron is a co-founder of Klimadao. He has a background in environmental science and renewable energy. After completing his studies, he worked across the energy industry in sustainable energy policy, consulting, lobbying, as well as work in academia. In 2021, he co-founded Klimadao, potentially the most impactful event in carbon markets of 2021. Oxy, welcome to the WattPod. Thanks for having me, Mitchell. It's great, great to be here. Thanks for your time. Why don't we jump straight in? I've given a little bit of intro to you there, but tell us a bit about yourself and um, and your journey into Klimadal. Sure. So as you mentioned, background's primarily in energy, um, but moved away from energy to carbon a few years ago. Um, at the time, I was certainly interested in crypto, uh, although it wasn't explicitly clear how carbon and crypto could merge, but it was definitely thinking about the problem. Um, and at the time, there, there was a number of others who were working in the carbon space with their eye on how crypto could help open up new innovations, new ways to create value within the carbon space. Um, I know for sure the only people who were thinking about this weren't part of the initial Klimadao founding members. Um, but yeah, there, there was there was a group of people certainly thinking about it. Um, and I think as, as Archimedes, who um, for your listeners who don't know, is, is one of Klimadao's core founding members, has mentioned before, um, those of us who came together to found Klimadao uh, can certainly have been considered competitors with, with the work that we were doing with our individual projects and, and organizations. Um, but, but we were fortunate enough to, to come together um, when some projects that we were working on sort of naturally crossed paths. Um, and so when we did come together, it became clear that there were some opportunities. Um, I, I think we we shared similar opinions and sim, similar visions uh, particularly around sort of problems around transparency and liquidity within within the carbon markets and at the time there was a really interesting project called olympus dow that had had just launched um you know with with this this objective to establish deep liquidity for its own own sort of native token which, which is called ohm um, and, and we thought they offered a really interesting opportunity for for the carbon markets by by kind of leveraging their model. So it was yeah 
fortuitous that we we came together and fortuitous that Olympus Dow had had launched at, at that time and um yeah the rest is history really I think um we 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 came together and uh the timing was just just right and Klimadal was um concocted on a Google Meet just over a year ago and that's the kind right, of history yeah, and what an impact you've had in uh, in that short twelve months. Um, with a background in in renewable energy, you know, I, I would imagine you're very aware of sort of this decarbonisation first need. What are your thoughts generally about about the carbon markets, and what how have those changed over the last twelve months since you've been involved? Sure. I mean, first of all, we should agree that. The, the carbon markets aren't a panacea. Um, the, the role of updating and decarbonizing our energy system is, is critical if we want to decarbonize our economies. Um, I think within the sort of traditional carbon mitigation hierarchy, uh, most people accept that at first you should look at carbon emissions and, and figure out how to avoid them or or reduce them and and the carbon markets and carbon credits really come in at the, the back end of that if there's emissions that can be uh, or that need to be compensated for then then that's where carbon markets sort of play their role um and so i think for from me personally car, carbon markets were were just part of part of my own journey you know starting in, in renewables sort of up the chain moving moving down and down to, to carbon credits was, was sort of how i've taken my career um, but in terms of what we've seen with Klimadow, I mean, I think we have understood that there's um, a lot of opportunity for carbon credits to, to sort of scale up their impact. Um, there's, you know, we've seen the adoption of net zero commitments, you know, across all types of organizations and in, in a lot of our Western countries. And if these guys ever want to achieve their net zero commitments, um, well, they're going to have to offset a certain amount of their emissions because it's going to be very difficult for them to achieve net zero without these compensation measures. And really, I think, you know, how, how Klimadal positions itself within that kind of conversation is we've got a product that can help organisations, individuals, whoever it may be, to get hold of the compensation um that that they need to 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 use in order to achieve net zero we've got a you know an open um permissionless system that, that anyone can participate within and and so that's where we we see ourselves you know we we want to open up carbon offsets carbon credits compensation measures to to anyone who wants them and so does that mean you're speaking not just to individuals but to corporates as well and people may, may like to have a look at your love letters um to the earth i think it, it is on, on the website as well um that will show a, a, a wide range of participants involved um in clima yeah for sure clima clima dow is kind of made up of two um blocks let's say we've got our our platform which is the base layer of of Klimadow. It, um it's how we've managed to incentivize the growth of this crypto carbon ecosystem um we've got our native Klima token that's got kind of incentive attached to it but on top of this 
platform, we, we've got our product suite, which we we refer to as um, Cleamer Infinity. And essentially what Cleamer Infinity is, is um, an opportunity for any organization to come in and interact with, with the ecosystem that we've developed. So at the moment, there's about 20 million carbon credits that have been bridged onto the blockchain. A lot of them, the majority of them, are locked into our Klimadao treasury. Um, but the remaining ones trade in something called a liquidity pool, which is you know a super transparent marketplace. Um, the assets within these liquidity pools are trading at market equilibrium, so you can you can see the live prices. Um, and anyone could go in, get a carbon credit from one of these liquidity pools, and retire it, which is the same as um, which is what creates a carbon offset, right? You take a live credit and retire it um, to, to make the offset. And anyone can do that on our, our website and essentially offset their emissions. So this is a, a different process to what is required to offset your emissions um, in the traditional way, which is you might call up a, a broker. You might say, look, I've got 10,000 carbon 10,000 tons of carbon emissions that I want to offset. Can you help me? And they might be able to offer you different sort of types of credits or different amounts of credits. And you might shop around a bit, find out um, who, who's got the, the, the credits that can best meet your needs and then offset them via the broker. Well, now using Klima Infinity, you don't need to go to the broker. You just need to go to um, klimadao.finance forward slash offset and you can do it immediately. It takes 30 seconds, we're on the Polygon network. And um, yeah, you'll you'll be able to see the, the the fair prices in front of you. You'll be able to act on those prices, and and you're done. So you mentioned a couple of things there, particularly I think the the transparency and the um, displacement of, of some of the intermediaries in a you know relatively a very trans a very opaque markets. What other advantages are there for putting carbon on a blockchain? Sure. I think there's probably um, transparency is probably the key benefit. Um, if you're transacting carbon, um, you're doing it because you want to invest in the planet. Um, at the moment, it's challenging to get full transparency over the the sort of cost of carbon, the, the price of carbon. You might be subject to, to different fees. Um, etc so i think transparency is is really important and you know public blockchains are transparent and um, that's that's sort of one of the main reasons that we use them um but in addition i think within the traditional carbon markets liquidity has been quite a big problem um you might not always be able to to transact what you need um the liquidity might be fragmented across different brokers um you know across the space and I think through blockchain or more specifically cryptocurrency and DeFi, you can unlock a lot of liquidity all in one place. Um, so you can check out our sort of liquidity pools on within DeFi. And you know, we've got over over $10 million worth of liquidity in the in the base carbon ton pool all in one place that anyone can use, which I think is is a huge achievement and it wouldn't have been possible without DeFi, in my opinion. Um, and in addition, again, more specific to, to DeFi rather than blockchain, but this, this concept of um, 
being permissionless is really important. Traditionally, if you had, we, we've already spoken about, it, but you know, traditionally you'd have to interface with with brokers, and, and they would kind of do the the legwork for you in order to offset. But with a permissionless system, it means that anyone can come in and interact and and do what they do what they need um, themselves. And so this opens up um, participation within the carbon markets for for anybody, right? And I think if when it comes to climate change, it's an issue of scale, right? We need to scale up solutions. We need to scale up participation. And I think this permissionless piece is really powerful when, when we're talking about the climate and we just need to maximize participation. You've, um, you've given some really good insights there, Oxy. And I, I just wanted to maybe break it down in really simple terms for people that might not be so familiar with, with Klimadao. Um, You've mentioned OM, you've mentioned Olympus Fork, liquidity pools, BCT. Could you try and explain as simply as possible how Klimadao works? Sure, and this is always a challenge to, to do it in, in 30 seconds or so, but I'll try. Um, take, take, take a couple of minutes if you need, but yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. Sure, so I, I think um, it's, it's useful to start with the carbon credits themselves as as this is all built on on carbon credits um so firstly carbon credits can be bridged onto the blockchain by so-called um, carbon bridges there's there's a few carbon bridges that we're using at the moment so the toucan protocol which was our launch partner um around six months ago uh, moss who have been around for a number of years and, and they have a token called and CO2 and, and C3, which is a new um, automated bridge. So the, the bridges are critical. Um, they, they bridge the credits on chain. So if there's a, a broker or an individual with access to carbon credits, they're the ones who can use these bridges and bring them on. Um, so it's not Klimadao itself that does the bridging, which I, I say is that sometimes uh, a bit of a misconception that, that Klimadao brings brings tonnage over these bridges. And, and these bridges ensure that the carbon credits on the log legacy system aren't double counted when they come onto the blockchain. Um, and they also capture metadata of carbon projects. So project location, project geography, technology type, et cetera. Uh, so all, all this information is, is brought on, onto the blockchain. This, once they're on the blockchain, um, allows the what we call tokenized carbon credits to be deposited into, deposited into liquidity pools um, where they can be traded on these, these open and transparent marketplaces. These are the liquidity pools are, are hosted on something called a decentralized exchange or, or a DEX, um, which is permissionless and, and anyone can, can come and deposit liquidity into them. And so once someone has acquired tokenized carbon credits, either by bridging or, or by the liquidity pool, they can do something called bond or bonding. Um, and they, they do that with the Klimadao treasury. So if someone bonds a certain amount, you know, say 100 um, carbon tokenized carbon credits with, with Klima, they, they'll receive uh, an amount of Klima at a discounted rate from from the market value could be a two percent discount five percent discount or, or a ten percent discount and so that's how people or organizations can acquire klima klima is our native token which can only be created um 
when we lock carbon credits into our treasury. So at least one tokenized carbon credit must be locked for, for a cleaner to be issued. Um, and then in addition to, to the bonding, which allows us, allows us to, to um, capture carbon, we also have a mechanism called staking. Um, and, and staking is when somebody voluntarily locks up their clima for a period of time. You know, it could be a day, it could be a month or a year. And whilst the clima is locked away, they will receive rewards in clima um, that are created from this, this bonding process. So essentially what locking your clima does um, is it allows you to avoid getting diluted from the protocol's inflationary conditions that are created by this, this bonding system. So that's that's the kind of sort of fundamentals, the infrastructure behind it. And then I would just say that the, the creation of this clima token is, is really quite important for us because it's the clima token that we use to pair with tokenized carbon credits in these liquidity pools. And that's how we establish this quite deep liquidity that enables the, the, the assets within them to trade at a fair market price and allow people to come in, you know, purchase 10 carbon credits, 1,000 carbon credits, 15,000 carbon credits. And so, so the Klima token itself is the glue that holds it together. It incentivizes people to, to come and use our system and we use it as a tool to establish liquidity. And you've had you've had a lot of success over the last <clears throat> six plus months um, with that system. You've actually Climadel's actually been responsible for for purchasing around twenty five percent of the voluntary carbon credits in the market. That's those issued by by Vera, which is the largest um, certification um, registry. Um, that's worth around two hundred fifty million dollars. So it, it's quite significant scale. You're you're talking about it's been achieved in in just six months. What what actually gave you the initial traction? How did you um, so quickly build up momentum behind the product you're, you're offering and, and achieve that success? Sure. I, I think, I mean, first of all, we're a fork of Olympus DAO. Um, and Olympus DAO has, has, by all accounts, done something very innovative, something very different. Um, so there's a case that you know we're, we're standing on the the shoulders of giants um we we've, we've used their system we we've swapped out their um their treasury backing with with carbon instead to to make it unique to 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 be a climate change solution and i think without olympus now you know we we it would have taken a lot longer for us us to launch for us to design everything um so you know i can't um discount the impact that the building on Olympus DAO has, has had for us. But I think at, at a higher level and, and with respect to, to carbon and climate change, um, there's there's a couple of things. I mean, firstly, in my opinion, Web3, the, the, the crypto space has been waiting for a solution like this for, for quite some time. Um, as I sort of alluded to in the introduction, there were other projects thinking about this, um, but but they perhaps hadn't executed or, or hadn't delivered anything at, at a significant scale. Um, and a lot of them required sort of conventional carbon offsetting, um, which, you know, again, requires a, an interface with a, with a carbon broker, which is, you know, can, can sometimes be a, a difficult um, thing to do. 
So I think when, when we came onto the market and developed this open system, um, a lot of people were looking for a solution like this and, and you know, wanted to use it, wanted to try it out, wanted to get exposure. So um, I think I think that has been really important. You know, we, we gave the market something that it was it was looking for. Um, you can if you look back in the sort of history of NFTs and NFT drops, a lot of the criticisms of them, particularly the ones that are on layer one, Ethereum's layer one, um, you know, it, pe people criticize them because of, of proof of work. The, the carbon emissions associated with proof of work. So, you know, just a, an example is Klima offers a solution to those sorts of projects, which um, I think is is really important. But in addition to that, I think, you know, in, in general, um, there's just a huge movement to climate solutions. I mean, again, we can take the example of the crypto space. There's um, a, a, a a project called the Crypto Climate Accord, which is where Web3 organizations sign up to commit to net zero carbon emissions. I think there must be at least 100 organizations signed up to that at the moment. Um, but as we're seeing in the corporate world, the crypto world, you know, across society, organizations signing up to, to make quite strong climate commitments, you know, we need new products that, that can service their needs. We need we need new services that, that maybe think about things slightly differently, offer a new way to do things. Maybe it's more efficient. Maybe it's, you know, has has other benefits. I think Klimadao has done that, right? It's it's um, it's something different. It, it offers a new solution and um, people are interested. What what can this do? What impact can it have? Um, you know, all, all these questions are being asked. And I think I think we've answered them and, and people are starting to use us and, and look at us as a, a legitimate solution. There's, um, you mentioned there just one of the major criticisms of, of blockchain, um, which has been energy use and you highlighted the you know, proof of work. Um, obviously there's proof of stake, which, um, which Ethereum is going to be moving towards as well, which will help to significantly reduce the energy intensity of um, transactions. Uh, but there are a number of other criticisms that have been leveled at Klimadao over you know, the last six months. Um, and you've had quite a lot of um, coverage in, in mainstream media as well. So let's just cover Let's just cover a couple of those um, as well. But you know, one of the, one of the criticisms has been really around the quality of credits that have been entering up, ending up in, in Klimadao. Um, there's, uh, you know, the fact that carbon credits are used for greenwashing as well. How would you respond to some of the criticisms that you faced? Sure. Maybe we start at the um, the energy consumption of blockchains first, because I think that's uh, it's, it's important to address. Um, and it's for sure one of the more sort of covered um, topics of discussion. I mean, Proof of work does what it says on the tin, right? <laughs> for, for proof of work consensus mechanisms, miners have to show that they have done an amount of work. Um, it, and work uh, in, in this context means energy consumed. Um, so as proof of work blockchains have seen greater levels of adoption, the amount of energy required to, to solve a block uh, has increased significantly. You, you can check out the the Bitcoin and Ethereum hash rate graphs, and and from 2017 onwards, uh, they the hash rates really jumped, and and that 
that's the you know the determiner of of how much uh, power has been consumed and and therefore carbon has been emitted it's not a particularly resource efficient system uh, i think this is is well acknowledged i think with, with bitcoin it's probably slightly different as people see that as a store of value but for ethereum where things are being built on top of it and you know scale is key um proof, proof of work is probably not fit for purpose um proof of stake on the other hand requires a user to stake an amount of their tokens to have a chance to be selected um to select it to be a validator for a network the actual act of validating can be done on any old computer or you know a cloud-based server so the emissions associated with a proof of stake network is the same as running a, a computer um i mean granted that you have to run your computer all year around uh, all, all the time to stand a, a chance of being selected as a, as a validator but um you know that's that's orders of magnitude less than than running a you know a bitcoin mining operation which is is just consuming you know to mega hours you know of energy um so yeah it's the the carbon emissions with of a proof of stake network are, are orders of magnitude lower um oh the and the carbon emissions with a proof of stake network are proportional essentially to the number of validators that are online right so you, you could have a small network with, with 10 validators which is going to have you know a, a really quite quite small impact you know the same as a, a small sort of office running year round perhaps um or you could you know have a network with with a thousand or more validators which is is higher but you know not 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 super high um so especially when you kind of consider the the benefits that these networks are, are bringing you know in terms of in terms of economic benefits um so as as you pointed out ethereum is planning to move to to proof of stake hopefully towards the end of the year i think the ethereum foundation have put out some research which suggests that um this will reduce the emissions of the network by 99.95 percent um overall so I think that's super exciting and I, I think that's the future of blockchain um you know efficient scalable solutions i think that the proof of work experiment has has um been extremely interesting um ethereum have decided that that they want to move away from it and i think that's that's probably good for the space um so that's that's my kind of statement around that issue i think in terms of the klima and well, I might just caveat actually, KlimaDAO is on Polygon, right? So we're on a proof of stake network. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of the more specific points around Klima um, and, and particularly around the, the the carbon credits that are being bridged onto the blockchain, I think it's a, it's a really interesting discussion point. Um, and I think to, to frame the discussion, we should probably focus on the base carbon ton pool uh, referred to as BCT which is a, a, carb, uh, a car tokenized carbon credit pool developed by the, the Toucan protocol. Um, and it, it contains carbon credits, which have a vintage of 2008 onwards. Um, there's, there's some blacklisted methodologies, but in general, it's a relatively open pool where um, mo most carbon credits can, can be bridged into it. And I, I would say in terms of the, the carbon credits that are, are bridged into the base carbon return pool, um, you know, KlimaDAO itself aligns with, with the carbon registries and the industry bodies who have developed their processes and methodologies around what constitutes a carbon credit and what quality criteria needs to be in place for it to be issued. Um, 
So, you know, we're, we're relatively confident in the credits that have been bridged, um, that, that they have a role to play in the market. Um, we've received some third party analysis that suggests that the types of carbon credits in the BCT pool are being transacted in, in the real world. Um, in fact, the, the credits on the blockchain that are being transacted are, are trading uh, about 60% less than the, the cost of um, the, the ones off chain. So, so not only are they being transacted, but they're being transacted at, at potentially a fairer, a fairer price. So, so we think we've, we've brought some, um, some, some benefits to the space by, by allowing these carbon credits to, to come onto the blockchain. Um, but yeah, if, if you accept the point that corporates are, are fine to trade and retire them, and um, you know this might be done privately, but, but it's still happening, then I, I think it's, it's fair to say that they, they do have a, a role in the market. But that said, I mean, Base Carbon Ton was created to serve a purpose. Um, we wanted to establish deep liquidity. We think that's one of the problems of the market. And, and, and the Base Carbon Ton credits allowed us to do that um, with, with other types of carbon credits there's a lot less supply available, you know, whether that's nature-based credits, blue carbon credits, sequestration type credits. Um, they, they wouldn't have allowed us to, to do what we've done, which is, is really kickstart this on-chain ecosystem. But it's the BCT isn't the end game. We, we want to, and we are using our incent incentives to sort of diversify the types of credits that are, are active within our ecosystem. You, know, you mentioned we started with um, Moss in, in January. We, we brought their credits in, into the space. Um, the C3 bridge launched a few weeks ago, which you know started immediately with their MBO pool, um, which is nature-based offsets. And you know, over time, sequestration credits, blue carbon credits. We want to give them all exposure to to the system that we've created. Very clear. And just reading between the lines, there does that mean that? Clean is working to improve the quality of credits that are coming on chain. Is that is that where you're going with this as well? So, I think I think it's important to understand that that Klima itself is a um, solution for what we see, what we perceive to be the problems with the demand side of the market. Um, Fragmented, you know, we, we've spoken about them before, before but you know, fragmentation, um, poor, poor liquidity, lack of transparency. I think, in terms of how we can interact with the supply side, we, we create incentives for supply to be bridged onto the blockchain. Um, I think it's the bridges who play a more explicit role in what is bridged and what isn't bridged. Of course, KlimaDAO can, can reject credits that are are being bridged or reject pools, I should say, that, that are being created on the blockchain and not allow them into, into our ecosystem. And, and for sure, we have influence over that conversation. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I would say that, that we're not in the business of imparting um, opinions on, on the supply. As I said, we, we sort of align with, with the work that the registries have done. They've you know, done decades of work in, in this space. Um, but you know, we we want increasing and increasing quality of carbon credits to be bridged, and and we'll you know we'll work with organisations, innovators, um, stakeholders who are working on those problems to to see how we can support 
Um, you know, it, can, can we offer insight? Can we offer advice? Can, you know, can, can the ClimaDAO protocol itself um, offer anything to enable that? So I would say we're a collaborator um, and, and we want to um, have positive impacts for the space, um, but it's not explicitly um, our objective right now to, to move into the supply side. Yeah, clear. But, uh, so, yeah, not necessarily saying that you're moving into the supply side, but working and collaborating with suppliers who can help you bridge um, different quality of, of carbon tons uh, onto blockchain, I think, is is maybe the takeaway that, that I've got. Not necessarily that you're looking to go one way or the other. That's not your place in the market, you're saying. Um, but I, I think one, one evolution that we're seeing at least from, from from my side, would love to get your feedback on that, is that there are a number of players moving into this space that are actually trying to address um, you know, a, an overall deficiency in the carbon market, which is the availability of, well, the prevalence of a lot of lower quality carbon credits. Yeah, uh, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, I, I guess that's why why we're having the, the conversation to a degree, super interested in, in the work that, that you guys are doing at, at Catalyst. And I think um, it's exciting that, that so many people are, are, think, are thinking about this problem. At, at the moment, I would agree, there's a deficiency in, in high quality carbon credits. Um, and if, if we want to see the market scale up and, and have the impact that you know, many organizations and, and stakeholders have said that the market can have and um, then them solving that issue of, of supply is a challenge. So, yeah, can consider us, you know, to, to Catalyst and, and anyone else who's listening um, someone who who's um, looking to, to see how we can how we can have a, a, a positive impact. Just um, I mean, just leading off from that as well Th thanks oxy it's, it, you know it is great it's a very collaborative space that we're we're both operating in and it's it's i think one really good thing is to see so many people that are passionate about it but actually finding um technological innovations to make a make a big impact as well uh you know i recently wrote a piece around a generation ago the way to show environmental purpose or, or climate action was to really go and, and chain yourself to a tree um, now people are being able to draw, be drawn into an ecosystem um, where they can align that, that purpose with a lot of technological innovation as well, which I, I think is just such an exciting space to play in. Um, in that, speaking about that, what, what's probably the greatest opportunity you see at this intersection of, of crypto and climate, something that, that really excites you looking forward? Yeah, I mean, let's... Let's stick with the the crypto carbon niche that, that we're talking about today. I think you, you've kind of almost already nailed it, right? Um, merging these DeFi solutions across the market with the supply side is how we can unlock the next cycle of growth for, for the carbon markets. I think you, you hit the nail on the head, right? It's collaborative, it's open. There's now a way for anyone who, who has good ideas, who, who's, you know, got some technical skills, 
whether it's in the carbon market, whether it's in DeFi or whatever, to, to really put themselves to work and try and come up with something that's going to have a positive impact. For sure, it, not everything will succeed, but the fact now that there's a place to actually come in and, and have tangible impact is, is super exciting. Um, I, I totally agree. The ch Chaining yourself to a tree 10 years ago, um, changing your energy supplier five years ago and and maybe today now it's about you know can can you use use sort of the, the power of community um the the power of collaboration and 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 the power of power of sort of software um to to really actually uh move the dial and i think we're, we're seeing a new sort of uh generation of of sort of climate activists if you like um who who are who are quite tech savvy um, who who really care and, and want to have an impact and, and they're, they're moving in um, at, at quite a significant scale. I, I saw your piece um, last week about the um, quote unquote refi movement, so regenerative finance, which is is what we're referring to in the space. And it's just phenomenal how quickly it's growing. You know, I think um, six months ago there was probably fifteen or twenty people in in refi and and six months later but maybe that's not fair that there, there were there were other organizations outside of cleaner Down. but you know the prom prominent sort of projects where you could count on one hand and and now um every day you, you're kind of seeing some, someone new coming in adding value to the conversation challenging things offering solutions and um yeah it, it gives me confidence i know i know um there's there's a lot of criticisms leveled at, at blockchain solutions um at the carbon market solutions but i think with a, a kind of new wave of, of thinkers we're, we're onto something um together let's hope so um so we we wrap up the conversation with a, a WhatsApp section where it's just three three quick questions and three rapid response from you but before i go into that there's probably a few people listening that are wondering about about your name oxymoron i was hoping you might give us a little bit of background in regards to it and also just describe the need for this pseudonym uh, yeah I, I explained the oxymoron piece in a um in a in a clean without podcast i did recently i mean for me uh, a lot of my work at climadal was really around um the communication side of it the the and at the beginning that was really written communication and uh yeah it was it was just struck by you know when when you're working in a you you have a climate solution and and the problem is that our our carbon emissions aren't internalized into the economy so we've got all these environmental externalities which just totally sit outside the system and, and we're trying to fix that um and and there were lots of paradoxes when i was exploring this topic um and so oxymoron felt like the, the it was it just felt like a word that kind of summed up my thoughts at, at that time so that's that's where my pseudonym uh sort of came from um but but why the need i think i mean it's common practice in the space right i'm, I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of the the co-founder or the founder of bitcoin um a guy known as satoshi nakamoto and uh he he developed this system which has had a profound impact whether you like it or not it's it's had a profound profound impact um and and he just sort of you know drove off into the sunset no one knows who he is um and and he he wanted it that way and um 
it's it's kind of stuck, right? A lot of a lot of projects in the space go um, through pseudonyms, um, and it's become a bit of a culture. I think within the Web three space in particular, there's definitely this idea that the kudos received should go to the project and the merits of the project and the impact that the project has had, as opposed to you know be being because the person who founded it had founded three companies and you know raised half a million or 50 million or 500 million or or, or whatever you know it should, it should be on a, on a case by case basis and 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 purely on on the merits of the projects and and with these blockchain systems you know you, you can give kudos based on based on the impact and based on the code um so it, it's pretty explicit um how how good a project is or isn't so yeah i, I think part of it's cultural um, and then, of course, you know, there's there's other risks operating in, in a very public space um, when when you're building a, a project like this, um, you know, personal risks, etc. So I think some some of the team just just find it um, the right thing to do at the moment. I would say that we're not totally anonymous. Um, Marcus and Zai in particular, if if you're following the project, have been at various events talking about KlimaDAO and and engaging with. You know various people there at the white house last week um so you know engaging with lawmakers and policy makers so it's not that we're, we're totally anonymous um and and that's that uh it's just yeah it's just it's just a process i i don't think that being anonymous or pseudonymous should detract from the merits of the project great thank you just launching into what's up then so three questions coming your way um, and uh, what we're looking for is uh, really, really quick responses. First thing that comes to your mind. Okay. What is an example of good environmental stewardship to you? Uh, I, I would take this down to the, the personal level. For me, it's about how you conduct yourself every day. Um, you know, on a personal level, I, I, I try and cycle everywhere I can. I never litter, always recycle. All these small things that you know we we've had drilled into us, um, you know I think it that's where it starts. Do do that in your everyday life and your your manifest in in your projects or your working life and 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 you know with with the people that you spend time with. So for me, yeah, charity starts at home. And I just want to pick up on that one thing that I really like in this space is that you're able to take that to the next level. You know what what um, these sort of projects and refi allow people to do is to move from that. You know, not using your takeaway coffee cup each time, but taking a refillable cup. Um, you know, you can actually be incentivized and create more purpose through this technology, and and hopefully be rewarded for it as well. Um, question two: What is climate tech to you? Ah, that's yeah, that's a good question. I think it's technology that meaningfully can accelerate um climate impact i i think you know that's that's probably a, a catch-all phrase climate tech um but i think the bottom line is it, it should accelerate um and i think if if there's a certain technology that's innovating it's trying something new um and and it might go against the grain or or make people rub people up the wrong way then you know it's still it's still fair game and, and we need to innovate and experiment so yeah I think that's one thing all people in this in this space could probably agree upon. 
last question i'm really looking forward to your to your response in this um because you've probably learned a lot but third question is what do you wish you had known when you were starting out <sighs> i think just keep going i i wish i you know i think there's been some really quite stressful times and and at the end of the stressful times you realize that with the the people that you're working with and and the teams that you have and, and that you trust you, you are able to execute you're, you're smart people you're able to to ride out the challenges um so yeah when, when things are looking tough i think you just need to to have confidence that that you are doing the right thing you've you've put the things in place that enable you to execute on your vision and and that you're having an impact and you're doing the right thing so yeah just just keep going don't don't let the tough times get to you um because you, you're heading in the right direction and um yeah that that would be my my sort of takeaway the, the last six months have been i've got more gray hairs for sure um they they have been have been tough but i think you know when when you look at our metrics at, at klimadao in particular um we are having an impact whether it's on on the the sort of legacy system or whether it's with the the amount of carbon that we've got locked up in our treasury i, I think we're doing something good and we're at least challenging people so yeah just 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 be confident and and keep going great oxymoron um co-founder of klimadao thank you so much for your time it's been a great conversation i've really enjoyed it Nice one. Thanks so much for having me. Really enjoyed that.